the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our passion for great recruitment. Because five days a week, we shine a light on the individuals making waves in the world of fintech. And on a Sunday, we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. This week is a very special week because not only are Toby and I back together again, um, but we are talking about our top 1% workplace awards and the plethora of lessons that we gained from all the applicants. I wanted to throw it over to you, Toby, because I wanted you to open up by sharing why we do these awards and actually what they are. Yeah, thanks, Ness. So, so the 1% Workplace Awards is evolution. It's evolution of something we've done for the last four years in the Financial Technologist, where we used to run the Ultimate FinTech Workplace Awards. Now, it's only a slight name change in terms of that, but actually, um, it's, you know, structurally, it's changed completely. About three, four years ago, what we, we thought would be a good opportunity to do would be to, to shine a light on the best workplaces in the industry in the financial technology space, uh, to give people the opportunity to showcase their brands, to uh, send in applications, basically showing why they were a great place to work. What that, that did was give us a sort of blueprint of really exceptional work on how people could attract, engage and retain the right talent. And that became a really you know, good cornerstone magazine that was tied in with events. We had Baringa, who'd been uh, you know, voted the Sunday Times best place to work in small, medium and large categories, talking about that. And it sort of lit a little bit of a fuse in it. Over the last three years, that's, that's evolved, uh, run it at various different stages, had numerous different winners and showcased you know, hundreds of different companies and what they're doing to make you know, inclusive and uh, exceptional workplaces for every, everyone they work with. This year, was, you know, a few months ago, we were sat there and looking at it and saying, right, actually, do you know what? There's, there's different things that are that make a great workplace, and certain companies are better in some places than others. And actually, having one winner potentially wasn't doing the, the justice of everything that could happen within it. And a good workplace for a salesperson isn't necessarily a good workplace for a technologist, and vice versa. Some companies were exceptional at certain aspects of of what it took to be a great workplace, and we wanted to shine a light on those you know, those specific places. So we came up with the concept of the top one percent workplace, the, you know, the top one percent of workplaces in the financial technology space, and what they would look like, who they were. Brought in a team of judges from EY, from um, all sorts of different organisations and backgrounds, Baringa involved in it as well, to give a very diverse sort of view of, of the marketplace and what took a, what creates the great workplace. Rather than uh, writing in, we, uh, yourself and, and, and I interviewed a host, so, you know, lo loads and loads of great leaders and asked them questions about, you know, 15 minute questions about their, their business. Those interviews were recorded on Zoom and were sent over to the judges to say, look, if you were to listen to these, applications and you were a technologist or a salesperson or a change professional or anything in that, those sort of things, which of these companies would you want to join? And I think that's really interesting because this year in particular, there's never been more competition for the best talent. And everyone who, you know, if, if you are looking to secure a great technologist, it is likely they will have three, four offers on the table. And if they've got three, four offers, why is a company, you know, why is that person going to join your business? And actually the thought and the care and the ring craft of not only attracting and engaging the, you know, the best talent, but also retaining and advancing it was really, really interesting. And so what's happened over the last couple of weeks for, for both you and I is just daily inspiration from leaders who've really put this to the heart of what they're doing, really put it to the core of their strategy and come up with exceptional ways of doing just that, attracting, engaging, retaining and advancing the best talent in the industry. And there's so many lessons that I've picked up from it. I know you're exactly the same. and It's been nothing other than a complete joy speaking to some really cool people doing some exceptional things and creating great workplaces. I'm so glad you brought up the fact that we went with a really diverse pool of judges. You know, previously, when I've looked at other awards, there's been a group of judges which 
are all from banks or all from startups. What we specifically went to do was to celebrate differences and celebrate diversity of thought. And I think it's really, really proved such a success because not only have we had the most amount of applicants that we've had for any of these awards, but the most amount of detail and case studies and evidence that have come out of the back of it which we will be doing follow-up sessions on. We will be providing white papers on all the key lessons and learns. Today is about some of the highlight, but there have just been so many lessons on how we can ensure that people within this industry want to stay in this industry and they have great fulfilling careers that ensure that they become the best that they can possibly be. And that, that surely is our responsibility as recruiters, but it's, uh, it's everyone's responsibility as leaders of this industry. And one thing that I keep on saying, and I say it again and again and again, if we are going to grow the fintech and financial services technology space to the level that, that everyone has got planned, we have to ensure that we're retaining and investing in our people and not losing them at the rates that we've seen in previous years. And we have to ensure that we are attracting people from industries that would never have considered fintech or financial services before. And it's situations and it's evidence that we are now going to be showcasing that I think will attract people that never thought about our industry before. And that to me is a real driver and a real mission of what we're doing today. So Toby, I wanted to ask you, can you give us some of the, some of the case studies, um, something that really stood out for you in the whole award applications? So look, I think if you, if you look at, at the, the common themes, and I wrote this in, in an article for, for the magazine, which you'll see in the introduction, so I won't go into it in detail. You'll be able to read that on 29th of November and, and uh, visit harrytonstar.com, download the magazine, you'll be able to see my thoughts there. But there were 14, what I would call, golden threads that ran through all of them. And these were things there where people were thinking about this and you saw it in greater and less sort of levels. But the first thing I'll say is these are all good companies. Right? These are the best of the best. These are companies who are doing great things. And, and just how difficult it was to truly differentiate was noticeable. When you're talking about good companies and trying to attract good talent, how you stand out is very, very difficult. And so it comes down to the companies that, in my opinion, that can personify as many of these as articulately as possible in every stage of interview that so becomes so, so important. So I'll, I'll, you, know, you can read it, read on. I'm not going to do a complete spoiler, but the 14 different things that, that really stood out to me was number one is they maximize potential of, of their team and they grow careers. And they're very good at articulating how they can provide those growth opportunities for people within their businesses. They are masters of communication. They have clear, consistent, frequent, transparent communication within their business. They create in, uh, environments that invent, innovate, and improve continuously. They solve complex problems and they get people excited about the problems that they're solving. And they ensure they have the right, the fair package and incentives and they're creative with the incentives they put in place for people, which is always going to be important. They create strong bonds and they, they, they focus on culture. You know, the old expression of uh, culture strategy for breakfast was very, very clear within this. You saw companies there that were really, you know, through very difficult times through the pandemic and dispersed workplaces, you saw uh, a focus on creating strong bonds within the team. And those companies that had the strongest bond, bonds very clearly were thriving from that. They had high quality colleagues and they celebrated those colleagues. People want to work with good people. A players want to work with A players. And they have a, a real talent density, which they focus on, and they try not to dilute that by uh, bringing in average hires. They put a focus on social responsibility and making sure they're doing something more than just coming to work and, and earning money. It's, it's focused on how they can help and, and advance, which I think is very important uh, for the generations they're looking to attract at the moment. They exuded passion, very, very passionate leaders, for leaders who, who were people-focused, who also had a, had a focus on balance and well-being and made sure that this wasn't something which was just a, a box to check, but they generally cared about their people. 
I've spoken about before, they embrace diversity and diversity in, in all aspects of it. So not just a, a focus on gender and race and sexuality or disability for the sake of uh, ticking a box, but genuine diversity of thought to get the best and most creative ideas that came together. They were, to a person, inspiring leaders to talk to. And I think people buy that leadership, you know, the old adage of... Uh, people leaving managers rather than businesses is personified there. And sales teams in particular are very good at idea showcasing the product fit. So why is this a great place? Why is this a great product with a great market uh, scope and scale for you to sell that product into? How's it going to be? A, you know, salespeople want to be able to sell a product that they know is going to be attractive to the marketplace. And they're encouraged by nature entrepreneurial thinking. So that golden thread coming all the way through that, that, you know, that business was something there that I think is, and as, as I said this in the magazine, they're common themes, they're absolutely common sense, but very rarely are they common practice. And the ability and the thought and the effort that comes into, into making those things shine out and be articulated and lived on a daily basis isn't rare, which is why these companies are top 1% companies, as opposed to this is a blueprint that everyone does. And what I think you'll find in the magazine is article after article after article from these people who are talking and, and having thought very, very clearly that their culture isn't a mistake, it isn't an accident, it's something that's designed and designed based on authenticity. So we want to really look after our people and be one of the best places to work in the industry. And when that happens, great results are happening with stunning growth and great efficiency. I love how you say that. It's, it's common sense, but it isn't common practice. And I think this is one of the really standout things that that I've taken from these whole, whole awards. Like a, lo a lot of the time, it hasn't been things that are surprising. But it's actually the key to it is doing all of it for, for the people that it's right to do it for. And I think that is just so, so important when we've done these awards and, and when we're going to be producing all the information afterwards in terms of showcasing how people can learn from it. But I think for me also, there was um, some really standout things that I thought were quite unique. So uh, there was one business in particular that spoke about celebrating vulnerability vulnerability within their team. So I think that quite a few businesses spoke about celebrating differences um, and providing an environment where you are able to bring in your culture, your story, your family, who you are as an individual and feel really welcome and part of it. But there was also companies that spoke about this vulnerability of being able to say that you don't know something and that's okay. And being able to say that you want to learn something and you may not be a success at, success at it straight away. And that's okay too, because you'll be given the right scaffolding and support for it. And I felt that that there was one company in particular who will be revealed shortly um, who mm -hmm. spoke about that um, in quite a lot of depth. And it really made me feel like what we can take from that and what we can learn from it. And I think that is the crux of what these awards are about. I want it not just to be about celebrating the, the individuals that have won and the highly commended after that, because it's great what they're doing and, and absolutely fantastic. But what I would really love is for anybody picking up our magazine or listening to this podcast to have a look at what we are showcasing as the reasons why these individuals have won. Look through our magazine, read everything that Toby has, has written in terms of the, the roundup of, of those key lessons, because even just one thing that we can each of us implement into our businesses today, tomorrow, for 2022, 
could make the, the huge amount of difference to the, the people project and the people strategy that people are, people are looking at at the moment. So I think it's incredibly important. I think other things really stood out for me around ensuring that there was not just a career development in its um, traditional sense, but career development in sideways steps and in different options and, and being able to have, as you've mentioned, that clear and open communication into what are an individual's drivers? What do they want to be doing um, next year, the year after? What, where are their passions? And where are they going to be happiest within the, within the business? And we've seen that recently ourselves internally in Harrington Star, where we've looked at who's working in, in what roles and, and we call it, are you in the right seat on the bus? And I think there were a couple of businesses that spoke about this quite passionately about ensuring that people are in roles that they absolutely love so they can really play to their key strengths and that they're engaged and passionate about what they're doing day in, day out. So I love the businesses that spoke about that too. And I think that you know, from, from the whole awards themselves, I think one of the bits that really stood out for me was around that leadership team and making sure that leadership teams are doing as much as they can to be speaking to their people within the business. And what I mean by that is it isn't necessarily a company of 20,000 people having the one CEO speaking to everybody, but making sure that communication is clear, making sure that um, all the managers are understanding what the mission is, what the values, what the purpose, and are really living, living and breathing that consistently across the business so that individuals know what they're going to get from their people. And I think that's, um, that was something that really stood out for me also. I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think echo this is that those leadership teams are, are, are critically important. And when they are interviewing the you know, people for talent, that's who people are buying into. And I think it was telling that, I don't, I don't know if you spoke to uh, the judges in the same, same sort of way, but when I was talking about them, it was really difficult. It's very, very difficult to separate these companies uh, once, you'd, once you'd interviewed them. And, and I completely got it. You know, speaking to these guys, we were fortunate that we didn't have to sort of sit there in too many categories and decide who was the best of the bunch. We could speak to everyone from a pretty privileged position of it all. But when I was speaking to the judges about what separated you know, people who were there and, and thinking of it from that question of if I was presented with these videos and I had to join one of these companies, which one would I join? There was not an awful lot that they could separate in terms of, you know, everyone had slight different elements there that were, that were clever in terms of what they were thinking. But realistically, they bought into the people. Um, and I think, you know, it, it will not be one person who interviews and brings everyone into, into a business. It will be a group of them. And are those people who are in that position to attract people into your business inspiring and articulate and as passionate as you are about them? Because passion won many of these awards for, for companies. And I think the more that I can come across, it will win people when they've got two or three different offers on the table from it. No, absolutely. And look, as you say that, again, it just reminds me of, I don't know whether you just said that quote yourself or you've heard that somewhere else, but yeah, common, common sense isn't common practice. Like I, that, that to me is what I've really learned from, from these awards because it's, because it's difficult. It's difficult to, to be all things to every single person within your business, but we have responsibility to try. The responsibility to learn who our people are within our businesses and understand what's going to get the best out of them and what i've loved about all these different categories is we've really been able to showcase that so just looking at one category in particular it was a dei category and it was the most innovative dei committee and what i loved about that is we had a real 
diversity of diversity, um, if I can say that. <laughs> so I think that, you know, across, across the, the industry, a lot of people will say the word diversity, but they actually mean gender equality, or they actually mean um, LGBTQ+, or they mean Black Lives Matter. And, and realistically, diversity is... I hate to say it again, diversity. It's about, it's about all of it. But what I really loved about this particular award is that the people that we have commended and the, uh, the team that won were talking about so many different things. And then they spoke about uh, one particular area that they're really excelling in. And that really embodies the whole, the whole awards application for, for me, because you, you may not be able to be everything to everybody. And I think listening to us reading our magazine, it, it may actually feel like, wow, there's so much more that we need to do. And I think when it comes to inclusion, when it comes to being a, the best workplace that you can be for your people, when it comes to diversity, I'm having these conversations day in, day out. And more often than not, people feel totally overwhelmed by how much they need to do and what they need to affect. And there was one podcast that I recorded in particular recently and the individual said to me, you've just got to start somewhere. And, and I thought that really, really stands out because even though it's really basic, you know, common sense is a common practice, um, it's really basic to start somewhere. It's one of those sort of hidden walls that we all have in front of us. Where should I start? What's the best place to start? If I start here, does that mean it looks like I think this is the most important? No, it, we really shouldn't, as an industry, be overthinking this. Let's start somewhere. Even if we were to flip through this magazine and pick just one of the one of the award categories and think that's the one thing I want Q1 to be about next year. We are stepping forward for the entire industry doing that. So um, I just wanted to, to say that as, as my sort of closing thoughts on this, because I want us to be realistic. I want us to be authentic. There is so much learns within this magazine, but it's going to be a lot to take it all on at once. So pick what works best for you, your business, your team. As an individual reading this and you want to go and speak to your to one of your managers about it, pick one thing and say, this is something I think that we should do. Let's tackle that. Let's do that well. Let's move on. Because this is a journey. There, is, there isn't a destination um, because the destination mm. will always change because people are always changing. I think that's really interesting you say that because the other thing is I was down at LinkedIn recently and uh, they ran a, a TASA report, which is an excellent tool, which sort of calls... You know, one of the biggest communities in, in the space. So it gives us really good data and feedback and included some of the, the things in them about what, what people valued uh, by importance and what they were looking for. And this then applies to how you advertise, it applies to how you interview it, it applies to how you incentivize, it applies to every single aspect of the job. But the things that they were talking about weren't necessarily the focal points of what these people were talking about as to how they presented their EVP. So when they talked about agreeing in terms of importance, excellent compensation and benefits for software developers was the number one point, which I don't necessarily think it's the most important thing altogether, but it has to be fair. You have to put in good, strong compensation and benefits and ensure people are looked after to attract the best talent. But once the door's open, then it's what's what else. In at number two was good work-life balance. Flexible work arrangements was in at three open and effective management in at four, challenging work was in at five, colleagues and culture that inspire in at six, role that impacts and the uh, the success of the company in with 32% agree, agree in importance there afterwards. Yet when I look at uh, you know those 32 and 36 and 37% like challenging work, co colleagues in culture that inspire and a role that impacts the success of the company, 
I say they're in the 30 percent yet a load of the messaging that was coming out there about what made them a great place to work was was focused very much around that point so I just think it's important to make sure that it's the right message we say this all the time that this is about listening it's about listening to the people who you're looking to speak to it's about listening to the personas of the people who you're looking to engage with it's about listening to your team and making sure that that, that allows it rather than the top-down approach to here it is command and control this is what you, you know um you know, I, 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 I always think and, and like the quote of Henry Ford of uh, if I gave the people one, it would be faster horses. And I think there's a little bit of that going on. It worked very well for Henry Ford. I'm not 100% sure it works when you're looking to build a, a, a workplace that really allows people to thrive. So, yeah, it was, it was absolutely fascinating, the whole thing. And I think my last comments uh, around awards is uh, within the inclusion space, there's often some scepticism around awards. You know, are they authentic? Uh, are they reliable? And for me, the word is responsible. Whenever anybody wins an award for anything to do with people, it's, it's a responsibility. You know, I, I know you love the quote from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, but it's absolutely true. We have a responsibility um, as leaders within the industry, as recruiters within the industry, as businesses in the industry, to be the best that we can be for our people and help them be best set up for success. And that's essentially what these awards are about, how we do that. So it's definitely a week of celebration uh, for all the individuals that we will be raising a glass to. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's uh, a week for learning and it's a week for reflection on how we can truly be authentic with this mission. Absolutely. And Nadia, anyone you want to, uh, any, any final thoughts, anyone you've been interviewing this week we should be talking about? Yeah, so I've been really busy this week um, because I am looking to bring back the maternity and paternity series with a uh, vengeance. So the reason why, um, and I've mentioned this a couple of times before, but just to remind everybody, the reason why I initially started up the maternity and paternity stories of fintech was because I was pregnant with my first child. And uh, I, you know, I had a lot of questions. I felt vulnerable. I wasn't sure about how I was going to be able to cope. There was a lot of unknowns. So I thought, let me do what I do best. And let's go and ask some questions of people who've done it within fintech um, and I did my initial series on it as a 10-part series and when I was uh, returning to work after my second child I had a number of LinkedIn messages from people that I'd never heard heard of or spoken to before and, and actually uh, I hadn't at the time been connected to them but they connected with me and sent me messages saying how important that series was to them in their career um, and in their return to work and how much it helped them with their confidence. And that's really given me, you know, really a real boost of why we do what we do. And, and you know, again, you know, like these awards, it's about giving people the confidence to be better and set individuals up for success within businesses. So um, this week has been uh, drives forward on the maternity and paternity. Um, I spoke with Will Morick of um, IFX Payment. He's recently become a dad and was talking us through his experience with that, how that's worked for him, how that's actually taught him some lessons that, that will make him a better CEO. And I know, I know a lot of people will be able to relate to that. So there's loads of really exciting things to come on that series. Plus, we've been doing lots of women of fintech. We've been doing lots of recordings of the humans of fintech because diversity, as I said earlier, is not just about uh, gender. So lots of new pods and lots of key learns to be listening into. So please tune into my DEI discussions Tuesdays and Thursdays. Please do that. It is always a good listen. I had Travis from Aventus, who will be on in the next couple of weeks as well. Aventus Systems is an incredible company. They've uh, raised another uh, round of funding recently, 30 billion, uh, so 30 billion, <laughs> 30 million dollars um 
and with a view to uh, to rapidly um, in, you know in advancing the business and, and growing growing headcount all over the world. Eventus is a, a really interesting business in the surveillance space. Travis is always an absolute joy to speak to. A really good guy who's uh, who's taken a business uh, through hyper growth uh, throughout the pandemic. Um, based out in Texas, uh, grown with some very good hires over here recently in the in the UK. Uh, and got some really exciting uh, plans about it. So we can hear his story, we can hear what he's up to, we can hear his thoughts on on growing and attracting and retaining staff and why they're a great place to work. Uh, that was a really, really enjoyable one. So tune in next Wednesday, you'll be able to hear that episode too. Anything else you want to talk about, Nadia, at the moment? No, truly excited about our Top 1% Workplace Awards. And actually what I would love is to get as much feedback as possible um, on, on those awards and questions around specifics that you want to learn more about. I think these podcasts that we record, um, plus um, the content that we are continuously sharing um, through LinkedIn is because people ask for it. So please do contact us if there's any specific questions or any specific bits of information that you need from us, because as we always tell you, we have so much visibility across the whole marketplace and we are here to help. Definitely. I'll add to that by saying that I think the enormous amount that both you and I have learned over the course of the last couple of, you know, couple of weeks doing these interviews, and we don't want it to go to waste. And we think there's genuinely ways we can help companies improve their position and improve their ways of, of attracting talent to their business. That's not a commercial thing for us. We love uh, helping companies grow. Your success, our business is our mantra because it's about helping companies be more successful and, and fueling their growth strategies. So we would be more than delighted, Nadia and myself, to speak to you, you know, completely off the grid, talking about the lessons we've taken and listening to your business and saying that what can you do to make sure you are putting yourself in the best possible light to attract the best talent. Other than that, please do download the magazine out on November the 29th at www.harringtonstar.com. Loads and loads of good content coming next week for that. You'll be seeing a lot of people who are celebrating the fact they're on the list. If you are keen to be on it next year as well, get in touch uh, early and we can start talking to you about the judging process and how we get you involved in that. The next magazine is already underway. Uh, we always kick off the, the new year looking at the most influential companies in the year ahead and we're looking forward to getting that together already. Again, if you're interested in featuring the magazine or, or FinTech Focus TV or Nadia's DNI discussions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us because we love shining a light on the brightest and best in the industry. Harrington Star continues to grow. Uh, last week you heard Rob and I out in, uh, in New York. Loads and loads of ambitious plans out there and plenty over here in Harrington Star as well. So if you know good people who are looking for an outstanding job in a great company, please don't hesitate to put them in touch with us as well. Other than that, we hope you've enjoyed the show today. We hope you enjoyed the podcast from uh, across the week. And thank you so, so much for listening to us as we continue to do it. We hope you love the Top 1% Workplace Awards. There's loads of blood, sweat and tears that have gone into it. And I think it is a brilliant brilliant bit of content that's going to help everyone who reads it out so thank you to everyone who's contributed to that thank you to everyone who's listened today if you've liked it please 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 rate and review that helps us get more and more reach the numbers are growing every single week which we are truly truly grateful for please pass the pod on who do you know who would like it let them uh, uh, let them know uh, and also please do say if there are people there had two or three great introductions last week of people who they think would be great guests on the show and I'm really flattered that they come to us and so always delighted to feature them we've got some crackers coming up in the next couple of weeks for you as well a real Christmas bonanza so last thing from me it is happy Thanksgiving uh, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week Nadia thanks a lot it's goodbye from me bye